This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. So to say I'm not a self-made millionaire actually fills me with more confidence than shame. I hope to fill my kids with the same confidence as they grow up and continue this legacy of family wealth and happiness. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, I'll be sharing the six lessons I learned after my wife and I became millionaires. Second, we're back with our FinTech Spotlight segment. This month, we're chatting about the new real estate investing platform called Arrived Homes. CEO Ryan Frazier is going to join us to talk about how their platform helps busy parents invest in real estate without the headaches of being a landlord. And last but not least, we're back with another money quiz. My daughter Zoe's going to be reading the review of the month, and I'll be quizzing her with some money questions once again. All right, let's jump into today's show. About a year ago, my wife and I hit an incredible milestone that we've been working on for about 10 years. We became a millionaire couple. Through time, patience, and a strong partnership with my wife, our net worth went from negative $50,000 when we got married to over $1 million. Now, there were many ups and downs along the way, but at the end of the day, we were very, very proud of our family accomplishment. After having some time to reflect on this seven-figure moment, I've come to realize six important things about myself and becoming a millionaire in general. Let's go over them. Number one, a million isn't what it used to be. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, when someone talked about being a millionaire, it was a big deal. Awkward yet watchable kid movies like Blank Check and Home Alone, it left me with a feeling that if you got a million bucks, you'd be set for life. At 40 years old, I'm realizing millionaires aren't so rare. According to a 2021 study by Credit Suisse, there are 22 million millionaires in the United States. This is about 8% of the U.S. adult population. That's 22 million out of 250 million. Now, comparing this to my 10-year-old mindset, there were only around 3 million millionaires in the U.S. in 1992. That's when I was 10 years old. This was about 0.7% of the U.S. adult population at the time. That's 1.3 million out of 188 million. Now, while becoming a millionaire is still an incredible accomplishment, it's a lot more frequent nowadays. This is because $1 million doesn't go as far as it used to due to inflation. So the millionaire status I thought was so incredible as a kid is the equivalent of multi-millionaire status today. Number two, a lot of us may need to become millionaires to retire comfortably. 
our family spends between sixty and eighty thousand dollars per year to live our comfortable lives. If we want to continue living this way in retirement, adjusted for inflation, of course, we're going to need a lot more than a million bucks invested to retire traditionally and comfortably. We're aiming for twenty-five times our annual expenses invested. So for us, that'll be around one point five million to two million dollars. Using the same simple math formula. $1 million invested at a traditional retirement age may provide around $40,000 of annual income per year. If you and your family need that amount or more to live comfortably and you won't have other sources of income like a pension in retirement, then you'll likely need to become a millionaire as well. So in a sense, becoming a millionaire isn't a monumental destination. It's almost become a requirement for a comfortable retirement. If you have a pension or other income-producing assets in retirement, that's a different story. But for the rest of us, including me, we're going to need to keep growing our retirement portfolios. Number three, I still need to and want to work. Even with a million-dollar net worth, my wife and I are working to pay for our everyday living expenses. Now, my 10-year-old self, he would be astonished. He'd be wondering why I'm not sitting by a pool ordering butlers around. Side note, there must have been a lot of butlers in 80s and 90s movies because I I must have that in my brain somewhere. (laughs) Since most of our net worth is allocated for our future retirement needs, we aren't touching any of it today. That way, time and compound interest can do their magic. I see how comfortable my parents are with their pension and Social Security and their 70s. And since I'm not banking on either of those, we need to let our accounts grow for decades. Also, I want to work. At least I want to do work that I enjoy. And you're hearing it right now, everybody. So even with a million bucks, the work continues. Number four, compound interest is truly magical. Since hitting the millionaire net worth mark, our net worth has grown substantially, even though our income went down by half during the pandemic. Now, the decrease in income was due to a career change on my part, so that wasn't surprising. What was surprising was seeing how compound interest will do wonders without our help. Let me give you an example. We have around $600,000 in retirement today. If we didn't contribute another dime to our accounts, our balance could grow to around $3.2 million. This is with an assumed 7% interest rate, everybody. And this would happen by the time we're 65 years old. So that's 25 years of growth, 7% interest rate. Now, $3.2 million, that is more than enough for us to have that comfortable retirement we're looking for. Compound interest is incredible. Our money has the potential to make more money. And then that money makes more money. It's incredible. What a concept. Number five, the journey was a lot better than the destination. Achieving a million dollar net worth was a big win for our family. That awesome millionaire moment quickly faded though. And we went back to our normal life. After that financial euphoria subsided, I had a realization that those other 22 million millionaires probably had as well. It's that recognizing the journey is much better than the destination. Over the 12 years of our marriage, we've learned so much about how to build the kind of wealth that makes our family happy. 
That includes giving 10% in our own way, multiple annual family vacations, and shorter term savings for exciting home upgrades and home updates and things like that. Those wealth building lessons and the trial and error we went through to learn those lessons are the true reward on this millionaire journey. Number six, I'm not a self-made millionaire. While I didn't receive a trust or an inheritance, this millionaire financial position would not have been possible on my own. My parents provided me with the knowledge, confidence, and education to succeed in life. They also paid for my undergrad degree. Given the massive student debt in our country, that's something I definitely recognize as a privilege. Thank you so much, Mom and Dad. I also married an amazing woman who's partnered with me on this journey. So her success is our success, and my wins are our wins. I am so grateful for her love and her support in the good times and the bad times. So to say I'm not a self-made millionaire actually fills me with more confidence than shame. I hope to fill my kids with the same confidence as they grow up and continue this legacy of family wealth and happiness. Well, enough for me, everyone. I want to hear from you. What do you think about these lessons learned on a millionaire's journey? Are you working on a family millionaire journey as well? Please let us know by sharing this episode on your social media accounts and tagging me on Instagram at Marriage Kids and Money or Twitter at Andy Hill MKM. I would love to keep this conversation going. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan 
above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. For our fintech spotlight segment this month, we are featuring Arrived Homes. This is a platform built for people who want to invest in rental properties, but don't want to buy a whole home or deal with the operational headaches. I've invited Ryan Frazier, the CEO and co-founder of Arrived Homes, to tell us more about how their site can help everyday families invest in real estate. And we're also going to discuss why investing in real estate is a smart way to diversify your portfolio. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, Andy. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Excited to jump in. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here and uh, talking to us about this important topic of real estate investing. So let's talk about that. Why is investing in real estate a smart idea for people to consider? Yeah, I think that for a lot of people, you know, they, they really start to think about real estate as, as a part of their portfolio just for, you know, diversifying. Maybe they're investing in the stock market, they're happy with where their savings is at, and they're trying to think of, you know, what other areas do they want to invest. And one of the reasons why I think, you know, real estate has been such a long-term kind of fixture in people's portfolios is that it's just been so consistent year after year. And a big piece of that is that there's just multiple ways that you make money. So you can make money from property value growth as, as properties you know, go up over time. And in times like these, that can be a great way to hedge against inflation. And then you also have rental income. So they're generating income that continues to get paid out after you know, any of the expenses for operating the, the real estate, of course. And those two things kind of work in tandem where you know, let's say there's a period in time where maybe property prices do go down. You still have that great cash flow that's driving consistent returns during that period. And then the last thing I'd say is that there's been phenomenal tax benefits of investing in real estate. And so, you know, that's sort of a, a phantom hidden kind of aspect of things, but it really does help you know, boost what is the, the net takeaway? You know, what's the cash that's coming back into your pocket as you start to do things like you know, using depreciation to offset your taxable income? I mean, real estate is one of the first places that people start to do that and start to think about that. I used to invest in real estate probably oh, 15 years ago. My parents and I went in on a, a home where I lived in this youthful part of Metro Detroit where they're like, hey, let's take advantage of this, you know, and make some money. I think I read some Robert Kiyosaki books and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know how to be rich, dad. So let's do this. I'll, I'll help you out, mom and dad. I'll be the landlord. I'll tell you, man, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work taking care of a house and all that went along with it. You just talked about some great advantages of investing in real estate. Can you be real with me and talk about some disadvantages of investing in real estate as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think that you really nailed one of the, the big ones, reasons that kind of keep folks from jumping in. And it's just that it has such high time commitments. Whether you're dealing with the day-to-day -day operations of, you know, a piece of real estate or let's say a, a rental home or, you know, managing things like tax filings or property insurance or putting it inside of an LLC or dealing with a, you know, property manager who's helping you facilitate. There's just so much involved day-to-day and -day in, in kind of dealing with real estate. And so I think for a lot of people, even if they have the, the money to go and invest and, and buy a whole home, oftentimes the, the time commitments kind of keep 
you out. It's it's funny. I think a lot of people will you look at like passive income as a desire to bring you into real estate, but the reality is, if you're directly investing, you know you're kind of getting a second job, and so that's. Yeah, absolutely. One of the potential drawbacks, you know, something to think about. And for some people, that is the right decision because, you know, they're excited to get really hands on with the investment and maybe try to add value. But for a lot of folks, if they aren't looking for that additional work, if they don't have more time in the day to take that on, then, you know, that can absolutely be a barrier. That's a great breakdown because I will definitely fall in the category of busy parent that doesn't have a lot of time. I want, or at least I want to spend my time in, in other fashions. And also a guy who's not very handy. I'll, I'll be honest with you. My wife fixes most stuff around here. I am helpful in other areas. That is not my forte. So talk to us about how Arrived Homes kind of takes the advantages of real estate investing and then skips the disadvantages for people. Yeah. So kind of reflecting on Arrived, really it's a way to make it easy to invest in rental homes. And what we do is we take a home, place it inside of an LLC, and then allow our investors to buy shares. So you buy a a portion of a house and that starts from $100. So you could get started, you know, investing in individual properties. Still that same experience of figuring out, you know, what city, what homes do you want to buy? Kind of like browsing Zillow, but with a buy button right there, where you can buy shares. And part of the thing that we really tried to do was just lower the, the barriers to entry, whether that's you know, the, the high capital commitments to invest in you know, whole home or the time commitments that we're talking about that leave a lot of people from being able to, to invest in, in real estate. And so that's a bit about how it works. So you can you know, create an account and buy shares in a home starting with $100, build a portfolio through Arrived, and then we take on all of the work. So all of the labor and managing the day-to-day operations of, of that property and, and truly kind of making that a, a passive investment for folks who are investing. I mentioned at the top of the show, you're the CEO and co-founder. So did you have some personal experience in life that maybe led you to wanting to create the solution for people? Yeah, I think that my personal experience with with real estate might be similar to to a lot of folks here. I think that, you know, you mentioned buying a home locally with with your family. I think for a lot of people the the idea starts like, oh, I'd, I'd like to invest in property and oftentimes that's that's local because that's the community that you know. And for me, I had that same, you know, concept. I purchased my first home looking to, you know, start doing that same thing, but 11 months later moved for for work. And my story was, it seemed like every you know, year or two moving to a new city and just honestly never in the same place long enough to you know, start to invest in rental properties or to really start to build equity, even for my primary residence where I'm, I'm living. And I think for a lot of people, they now are thinking, okay, we're a bit more flexible, not wanting to be tied down, might want to have that opportunity to move for work, maybe don't want to take on the debt right now because maybe they're unsure if the home they're living in today is going to meet the needs of, you know, what do they need five or 10 years from now? At least for me, you know, I, uh, I'm not exactly sure what our family is going to look like over the next five years, certainly not 10 years in terms of size and needs and space. And so, you know, that causes you to wait. And when you do wait, you look and you see your property values growing in your market across the country. And, you know, so the, the idea for, for us and, and for me was, you know, how could you get exposure early and how could you start to think about, you know, investing or owning a home absent from you know, the home you're living in today? And so that's really kind of what that experience, I think, you know, led me to thinking about Arrived and how could, you know, we really make 
investing in properties, something that's accessible to more people and also maybe five or 10 years earlier in their life than they might have otherwise started building equity. I think that's great. Let's talk about who can invest with this platform. Is this an accredited investor kind of thing? And how much do I need to be able to, to jump in? Yeah. So it's really available for anyone. You don't have to be an accredited investor to invest. That was a really important part for us. And we spent about a year working with the the SEC, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, to, to make that happen and create a process where you know we can allow folks to invest in shares. And so we, we we're excited to open it up to where anyone can invest. The initial investment starts at just $100. So you could invest anywhere from $100 to about 9.8% of the property or equity that's available. That's kind of the range. So we have people investing a wide variety of amounts. And really that that spectrum is is set really for tax benefits. So each of these houses are, are REITs or real estate investment trusts. And that means that you know no, no individual investors can own the majority of the shares. And also that we have to have 100 investors in each house. So we've got a lot of folks kind of investing together. And then the behavior that we see is that you know, people really invest in multiple properties. So they are definitely kind of diversifying. They're investing in properties across different cities. They're building a portfolio of, you know, five, 10, 20. We have folks with over a hundred, you know, different shares of houses in their portfolio. And, you know, it's, it's much like investing on your own, but you can spread that out instead of putting it all into one home. That's a good way to do diversification. And obviously you guys are doing these all across the United States. Is that right? Are you guys into different geos or just the U.S.? Yeah, we're in just the the U.S. today. We're in 19 cities and expanding pretty quickly. I think we'll be at probably 40 cities by the end of the year. And most of our properties are are long-term rentals today. So folks who are signing long-term lease in these markets and you know, some in, in the Southeast that are up and coming our uh, markets, one like Northwest Arkansas, which is an area where I was originally from. And then some of the, you know, higher, more dense population areas like Nashville or Denver or Atlanta, where, you know, folks are investing more for property value growth. And then we also have short-term rentals here coming soon. So some vacation rental properties, if you want to get exposure to the owner economy on Airbnb and the likes, we're excited to make that available here soon as well. Wow, that's fun. That's a fun way to do that. So talk to me about, you know, you mentioned REITs in general, and I understand that's kind of what you guys collected here, but what's the difference between me going to Vanguard and buying like the REIT index fund versus buying some shares with you guys? Well, one is the the tax component and, you know, the REIT or real estate investment trust is a tax classification. So when people are thinking about, you know, REITs today, it's often public REITs, like you're saying, you're through your Vanguard or or brokerage account. From a tax perspective, each of our investment properties is also a REIT today as well. So you get those same tax benefits. The difference with being a private REIT, like these individual houses that we have, probably the, the smallest REITs that exist today, these individual house REITs, it really kind of provides a different kind of correlation to the stock market. So public REITs are often moving with market sentiment. They tend to be more volatile and they're quite not really that connected to the underlying house prices or property prices inside the REIT. They're more trading based on, you know, sentiment of where interest rates are going to move, the rest of the broader market sentiment. And I think a great example of that is, you know, when we were early on in the the COVID pandemic and we saw, you know, REIT prices really decline rapidly, but at the same time, you know, the, the underlying real estate prices were trending up. And so, 
what we're trying to do with Arrived is is give people direct exposure to you know these houses where the investment moves in tandem with the the home prices, the the rental income, and it's really meant to mirror very closely what you might expect if you were buying properties on your own versus you know these public REITs that have been more of an investment product and you know, could be great options as well. But those are the differences we keep in mind. Got it. And then similar to, I guess, buying a stock, you guys produce dividends, or I guess that would be sort of the rental payment in this. How often does somebody get their dividend being a part of Arrived Homes? Yeah, so dividends are a wonderful part of investing in in real estate and, and rental properties. And today we're paying out dividends on a quarterly basis. So each quarter we're paying out basically all of the cash flow after operating expenses to investors. We're we're paying out dividends right now from uh, the last quarter, and you know those are ranging anywhere from three, three and a half percent to something like seven percent on an annual basis in terms of what folks are getting right now from from rental properties. And it really just depends on what areas of the country are you maybe investing. If you're investing more for a dividend income or more for property value growth. That's great. Well, full transparency, everybody. I have been investing now with Arrived Homes as a you know, single share investor. I think I got maybe a thousand bucks in there. I'm having some fun learning about it because I've always had an interest in doing rental properties, but didn't want the time commitment and did not enjoy the disadvantages as, as Ryan and I talked about earlier. They are an affiliate as well. Just so full transparency, everybody, about what's going on with my partnership with them. One question that I did have as I've been sharing my, you know, my adventures with Arrived Homes online is that people are saying, you know, big companies like this that are swooping up and buying all these homes are, you know, really what's driving up the prices all around the country. What would you say to that criticism? Yeah, I think that that's a, it's a great point where we've really seen this, you know, more institutional investors or investors investing in, in properties. And, you know, really we're trying to, you know, make that available to anyone to be able to kind of participate and invest as well. And so I think it's important to say, you know, with Arrived, we're the only kind of company that's facilitating buying these houses where our end owner of these houses are not Arrived. It's really these individual investors who we have, you know, anywhere from 100 to 1,000 investors per property kind of buying shares together in these individual houses. And ultimately, you know, benefiting from rental property operations, the home in general. And so, I think that's an important aspect for us is how can we help, you know, anyone really participate and access this economy alongside these companies that, you know, are uh, clearly, you know, getting more effective at, at buying and operating homes. And so, yeah, we, we're excited about the role we can play in helping more people access, you know, this same market alongside those, those companies that are buying homes. Well, I appreciate you responding to that, Ryan. I'm enjoying owning homes uh, in Denver and Nashville and uh, Arkansas through your platform. I love the variety and I love the ease of use of using the platform. If you guys want to check out Arrived Homes and support this show, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash arrived. That is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash arrived. I'll put the link in the show notes and the description of the video here. Ryan, I really appreciate your time and thank you very much and best of luck in growing this platform. Yeah, thanks so much, Andy. Thanks for having me on and for joining us and investing with us as well. To keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. 
If you like the show, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That type of feedback helps more people to find and consider this family-empowering show. So to encourage you to leave a review, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received three reviews since our last book giveaway offer this quarter. As a reminder, everybody, we're going to be giving away three different books from past podcast guests. That is Getting Good with Money from Jesse Furon, Own Your Past, Change Your Future by Dr. John Deloney, and First to a Million, A Teenager's Guide to Financial Independence by Dan Sheeks. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my daughter, Zoe Hill, Hill here with me. me once again. Every answer, question, they all give How's it going, Zoe? Hey! <laughs> good to see you! Yeah! Zoe, what's going on? How are you today? Good. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad you're here and helping me with another funny, well, the review first and then the money quiz. Why don't we do the money quiz first? Does that sound good? Yeah, today I'm going to say something. You're going to say something? Yeah. Well, you know, let let me me explain the rules for this money quiz, right? I'm going to give you three questions. And for every question you get right, I'm going to give you a dollar. How does that sound? How does $3 sound? Sounds perfecto. It does. Are you sure? Because last week you said the last $3 was just I'm not, okay. I'm, get, I'm getting to that. I'm getting oh, to that. Oh, okay. I'm, well, why don't we get to it? Don't talk back. <laughs> don't talk back? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll just jump into the uh, money No, 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 no. So, Daddle. Yes? I've been thinking all on my own. All on my own. All on your own. Okay. I've been thinking $5. $5? It, yeah, $3 is not enough. I need $5. Really? The questions are so easy, and $5 is so much better. Why should I give you $5 instead of $3? Well, how long have we been doing money? Probably two years. And we've been doing only $3. That's true. So I haven't given you a raise in two years? Yeah. You should give me hope. Wow, when you bring it up like that, that's true. So five dollars, huh? Yeah, and you'll give me. Sounds good. Deal. Deal. Good negotiations, yeah! Zoe. <laughs> Let's give Zoe a round of applause for negotiating her money quiz earnings. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that win, let's jump into the money quiz. Okay. Question one, Zoe. As we're waiting for school to kick back in, you've been spending a lot of time with dad for what we've dubbed daddy camp. Do you like that name? Daddy camp. It's pretty good. Some days for daddy camp, we do an activity that costs money and other days we do activities that are free. Why is it important to not spend money every time we leave the house? Well, you need to save some of your money and like... So that we don't, so that we have food and we have water and we can play the rent. And so we can have <laughs> kitty food. <laughs> yeah. So, so your point is if we spend money every time, then we won't have money for those other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, remember that time when we spent like $300? 
That is one time. And then, like, a few days after, we did one that cost no money. We just played kickball. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to take some breaks so that you can save up money for more fun activities, too. I think that's a correct answer. Congratulations, Zoe. Very good. We need to have some moderation with our spending so that we can do fun stuff that requires money sometimes. Question number two. Grandma and Grandpa don't work as much anymore, but they get money from what's called a pension. pension. Yes. Your mom and dad, when we get older, we won't have a pension. And we're still not going to want us work as much as, you know, like Grandma and Grandpa when they get older. What do you think your mom and dad can do to get a lot of money in the future when we need it? What's a good way to get a lot of money in the future? Well, in the future is a long time from now. Yeah, so if you wanted a lot of money in the future, what's a good way to do that? You should save and invest when in the past. So you should save and invest, and then you have more money from later on. That's right. And the key word I think you need there is invest, which you invest. said, which is a correct answer because investing yeah. helps your money build up over time, right? And yeah. you do that. You invest with your... Yeah, I just sit on my butt and I get like... And you um, get the dividends, right? That's yeah. right. And then a couple bucks today, but in the future, it'll be a tens of thousands of bucks. Does that sound good? All right, that's a correct answer. Congratulations, Zoe. You get another dollar. Did I? Did I go through the red? Was it? Sorry. Sorry, everybody. All right, congratulations. Let's move on to swear number... Question number three. <laughs> Zoe, your first soccer tournament ever <gasps> is coming up soon. I'm when, excited when, when, for when, you. When? Let's talk about a question I have for you here. It's in a couple weeks. Oh. What is one way that you think you can help your team play a great game? Well, we do soccer practice and then our coach tells us that we need to focus on eye contact. Like we look up and then we also have to shout their name in order for, and then we have to pass. Mm -hmm. And then we just have to like, I don't know, kind of stick together and then take some breaks if we need and communicate and do tricks around them so we can win. That's good. So let me ask you a question. If you said, hey, you know what, all of you girls, I've got this. I'm just going to score all the goals. Just stand aside. Do you think you're going to win? No. No? So you have to play as a? Team. A team. Congratulations. Oh, you got another correct answer. You are winning the money quiz. And now you get $5. Instead of three, congratulations, my dear. And I'm also very proud of you for negotiating. You're a good negotiator. It's a good skill in life. Keep negotiating your entire life. Okay, deal? Deal. Okay, why don't we read that review of the month? She's dancing right now. (laughs) She's very happy about the $5. Let's find out who our review of the month is. Let's talk to... The A-L-E-X-A friend and get it going. So we had three reviews, Zoe. Alexa, choose a number between one and three. Here's a number between one and three. It's three. Oh, excellent. Comes in from Morseki. Morsecki. Morseki. Who says, let's talk about money. 
as, as the title. So Zoe, do you want to read this nice review for Morseki? Let's talk about money. Came to this podcast through another and enjoying the information presented each week about the various money topics and the ideas provided to learn more about what works for each family and situation. Excellent, period. Zoe. Thank you. Yes, a period. That's a great way to end it. Zoe, thank you very much for reading that. And thank You're you, Morriski. I don't have your email. So if you could take a screenshot of this review and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com, that would be great. That way awesome. I can send you one of these great books that Zoe and I are promoting this quarter. And everyone, if you want to support this show, you can take a review and take a picture of it and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. That way we can include you in next month's random giveaway from ALEXA. That would so, be great. But next quarter, we're going to be doing some different books. So <gasps> we're going to be doing Things That Matter by Joshua Becker, Cashing Out by Kirsten and Julian Saunders, and How to Money by Gene Chatsky and Catherine Tuggle. So these are all people we just had on the show this past quarter. If you're wondering who these people are and what these books are about, listen to these podcast episodes. That's a great way for you to learn. And then and you're going to have to win. And then you'd have to win and get the book. Or you can support these authors if you don't win. It's, all, it's probably like a $10 or $20 book anyway. So it's no big deal. Or if you don't have a podcast, then you could give us a rating on Spotify and screenshot it too. Great idea, Zoe. And I thank you for leaving that in there because, yeah, Spotify is a great way to listen to the show as well. Oh, Yeah. So, Zoe, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You're I'm going to put that $5 welcome. in your Ally account. I can so. buy some Robux with that. You're going to buy some Robux? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are some parents out there. Are you, guys, are you guys dealing with this Robux phenomenon at your house? How many Robux are you buying or having your kids buy each month? I would love to hear from you guys. Oh, each month? Ooh, a thousand. Yeah. How many are you buying, Zoe? Thousand seven hundred. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of bobux. I want to buy a hundred dollars of bobux. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you Zoe. next time. Bye. For the remainder of September, we've got a solid set of shows for you to enjoy. September 19th, the next Monday that's coming up, we'll be answering more questions from the marriage, kids, and money community and celebrating the Coast Fire win of AJ from Nashville. And then the Monday after that, we'll be chatting about how to save for your kids' future college expenses, whether that's with a 529, a kid's brokerage, or just a plain old savings account. We're going to break down what's best. And on Fridays, you'll hear more bread and wine with my wife, Nicole. This is a candid chat between a husband and a wife where we discuss marriage, kids, and money while having a glass of wine. If you want to choose our topics and support our show, consider buying us a cheap bottle of wine that we can talk over at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. We'll give you a shout out on the show and discuss a topic if you'd like. And if you just want to listen to Bread and Wine and not the money stuff, as Nicole would say, you can subscribe to Bread and Wine as a solo podcast as well, everybody. The fall is just around the corner, everybody, and I'm excited to keep giving you family financial motivation while you're driving the kids to school, going out for a run, or getting some housework done. So thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting our small family business. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Tony Robbins. You have to make the shift from being a consumer in the economy to becoming an owner. And you do it by becoming an investor. 
buy stocks, buy real estate, and hold them for a really long time. Carpe diem. 